This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Saturday. armed with a week's worth of talking points and got up early for your listening pleasure. So kick back and enjoy all the immensity, the potency, and the intensity that is the Robin Lundberg Show. Here's the man so charismatic, we named the show after him, Robin Lundberg. And we are coming to you live. From the Rocket Mortgage Studios, when you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, Rocket can. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio, as it is every Saturday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Now, you guys get a chance to weigh in on the Aaron Rodgers situation, the NFL draft, whatever you want. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227. Jesse in Dallas. Jesse, you're up next on the show. What's going on? Hey, I uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, I work here in Dallas, and I live in Houston, so I wanted to make a, a comment about the Cowboys and then ask you a question about uh, the Texans pick, and then I'll hang up and listen. Uh, if you get a chance, listen to Jerry Jones' phone calls to all the Cowboys draft picks uh, last night and the night before. They are absolutely hilarious, filled with a bunch of good old man moments and uh just for the sake of keeping it clean on national radio, I'll just tell you it's filled with a bunch of unintentional innuendos. Um, and also I wanted to ask you about what you thought about the um, Texans' uh, first pick with uh, Davis Hill. And uh, I read a story about him trying out in the combine, and it started thunderstorming when it was his turn, and he threw anyways and completed 51 54 passes, and I know he hasn't had that much time in college, maybe 11 games at Stanford. So I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Look, I, I think a lot of people liked what Dallas did with with their first pick of the draft. Uh, obviously, that was a team that needed some help on the defensive side of the ball to get uh, Parsons. You know, he helps in, in that regard for sure. So I, I think given where the Cowboys drafted, it, it's tough for fans to be upset about that selection. Uh, Davis Mills going to the Texans. Look, I I, I know you want me to t- tell you what I think about it. I I don't pretend I'm a, a draft um you know analyst or or a quarterback scout. What I think of it and, and what I think of their situation overall. That was their first pick of the draft, right? Um, I believe Deshaun Watson will not play for the Texans, right? Um, 
one way or the other. Deshaun Watson's not going to be playing for the for the Texans, and it's hard to you know speak on that situation right now, given everything that that's happening in, um, away from football with him that relates to football because it's going to impact his, his status. And you, you thought that statement would have been true because he maybe was getting traded. Now I'm not sure he'll be on the field at all. Um, but regardless, I don't think he'll be the quarterback for the Texans. So what do they have to do? They have to start looking for that, that next quarterback at that point. And, and that's where you, you take a, a, a shot on, on, on Mills. Look, there are a lot of quarterbacks that were taken in this draft, right? I mean, how many how many quarterbacks have been taken so far? At least eight. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, um, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, and I'm I'm missing one of the QB uh, the kid that went to Minnesota. Mon. Uh so they they. You know, the the draft is – there's a lot of teams that thought they got a guy who could play quarterback for them. Now, that, does that necessarily work out? I mean, third-round pick, I don't think you're, you're, you're guaranteed any sort of success, obviously. Uh, he played 14 games at Stanford, threw for 3,468 yards, 18 touchdowns, and eight interceptions while completing 65% of his passes. I think they're taking a flyer on and seeing what they got because eventually um, – or not eventually, you know, they're going to need a new quarterback whether that's him or somebody else for the time being. How about Rod in Sacramento? Rod, you're up next here on the Robin Lundberg show. What's going on, Rod? Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, just a little shout out about Aaron Rodgers. A great quarterback. He did kind of blow it the last couple of seasons in the, in the playoffs, but Hey, he's got great chemistry with the receivers and the defense seems pretty solid. Not sure what his problem is, but keep him away from the Raiders, man. We don't want him. I'm, I'm with the Raider Nation. We've got far Mariota. We'll take some of their defensive players, though. That's my take for today. Thanks for the call. All right. I mean, like, I, I guess it's, uh, plenty of people have sort of noticed that you know Rogers, uh, in, in those big spots, doesn't. He, I, I'm not thinking of him as that legendary um, quarterback in those big spots. And he, he's been in enough of them where I, I don't think every time you can blame something else, whether it's the defense or or the coach's decision or, or whatnot. Before it was Mike McCarthy. Now it's, you know, the, the, the front office. Some of that is on Aaron Rodgers. It's hard when you're playing this game, though, because it's like a – I'm trying to be nuanced about it because I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers, you know, is a choke artist. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is in any way not the the number one asset that the Packers had in in getting to you know the kind of record they had. And when I say they've competed year in and year out, well, that's in large part because of Aaron Rodgers. No question, no question. But I, I will continue to reiterate: I, I I don't understand the notion that this is some guy who's playing with nothing around him. And and it, it, you know the 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 not having a Super Bowl or not getting it all going all the way is 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 somehow due to you know the the parts around him or the lack thereof. It does seem the Jordan Love pick was was what did it here, and maybe that's the mistake that the the Packers front office looks back on. But you could also easily say Aaron Rodgers should be able to to be over that by now. He just won the MVP. I don't think many people were talking about Jordan Love taking his job. 
coming up next season. Eris in San Diego, you're up next on the show. What's going on? Hey, thanks for taking my call, man. I think you guys got something good going there. I, I like your show. Thank you. Um, so, on the same topic, um, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and this and that, and blah, blah. And, you know, the, the pandemic kind of pushed us to, you know, a little bit of a reality, but the game went on. The, 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 the football, we, we still got it, and and uh, and then it was good. I, we, we had a good time. We mounted a plasma TV on the wall in my house, and it was a good year. I was really grateful that it turned out. You know, as far as um, Aaron Rodgers, um, correct me if I'm wrong, so he's not comfortable at Green Bay. And, and, uh, and uh, he still has probably two, two really good years left. Tom Brady left um, New England and went to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl on the first year. Amazing. Okay. Drew Brees, he's gone. What about Aaron Rodgers going to the Saints? I mean, it's all about money nowadays, and these guys don't need any money. If, I, I, if, they, if they, he really wanted to go to a good team, they would arrange it. What, what, what is your take on that? Uh, tell me why it won't happen or why, or, or why it might happen, and, and how, how much you believe that. About the same – look, I don't think this is a money situation, and thanks for the call. I, I don't think the Aaron Rodgers situation comes out of the money. Look, is there – is it part of some factor there? Uh, maybe somewhere. I, I, I'm not privy to all their conversations, but I don't think the um, main point is, is about money. I mean, Aaron Rodgers got a pretty good contract not too you know long ago. Maybe he wants to renegotiate it, seeing what, what people have gotten since then. But he, he's averaging $34 million a year, I think, on his deal. Um, and, and it's not, you know, that old a, a, a contract. Uh, he's at this point where I think this is about his personal ambitions, ego, all that stuff more than anything else. When it comes to the Saints, you have to look at the, the kind of you know teams that are able to facilitate a trade, the cap ramifications and, and all that. I'm not a, a GM, of course, if you could just put Aaron Rodgers on the Saints, I, I think everybody would feel good about their chances given where they were. I have not heard that at all. I mean, the, the only teams that I've really sort of heard linked to him, the only one with any actual um, seeming substance behind it has been Denver. And Denver makes sense in in the sense that they've been looking for a quarterback. And this has been John Elway's MO in the past. I mean, we, we saw the, the Peyton Manning move, obviously, work out for them. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> That that worked out very well, so maybe they're trying to follow that blueprint uh, again. It is the Robert Ludberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, there are other things in the world besides the NFL draft and Aaron Rodgers. It may not seem like it, but there are other things. I mean, LeBron James returned to the lineup last night in L.A. for the Lakers. They lost. Uh, look at their seating. It's pretty interesting. You know, their they're seating where, where they're at right now. Because the, the Lakers are sitting there at, at fifth, but they're only a half game over the Mavericks at six. What would be really interesting is if they fell into that sixth spot, because that would give them the Clippers in the first round. But they're only a game up on Portland as well, who's in the seventh spot, which would put them in the play-in tournament. Shows you the impact of, of losing LeBron for as long as they did. As far as his ankle goes, 
Yeah, I, I think that's the kind of thing. It's a serious injury, a high ankle sprain like that. They're fortunate, I believe, that he's back with some time to ramp up for the playoffs and to feel totally right. But LeBron's return wasn't even how he was in the news the most this week. He was more in the news because of a list Dr. J. Julius Irving had put out. And that was his you know, top two all-NBA teams. He did it on Chris Haynes uh, of Yahoo Sports podcast. I believe it's called the, the Post It Up podcast. And, and Dr. J's list is pretty hilarious because, one, LeBron wasn't on it, which is just insanity, right? Two, Kobe Bryant wasn't on it, which is notable. And three, Michael Jordan was on his second team. I mean, if you look at the, the, the players that Dr. J chose, his first team was Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Bill Russell, and Will Chamberlain. The second team, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Karl Malone, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I, be- I think the youngest guy on that list is Karl Malone. <laughs> so really more than uh, Dr. J slamming LeBron, I think this was about Dr. J repping his era and, and celebrating his era. But he got kind of crushed for for these teams because he he justified leaving LeBron off because he said LeBron was sort of the creator of the super team um in the context of what he said to be fair he he said player-led super team nevertheless it's still hilarious because the NBA has had super teams throughout its history in fact if you look at Dr. J's first team right here um Oscar Robertson Jerry West Elgin Baylor Bill Russell Wilt Chamberlain three of those guys played on the same team Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, and Wilt Chamberlain were on the same team. And so you, you, you call that a super team. Dr. J's Sixers, you could call a super team when he, he played with Moses Malone and Bobby Jones, Andrew Toney, Maurice Cheeks. You know, that was a, a squad. And, and obviously the Celtics uh, with Bird, McHale, and Parrish and, and squads like that were super teams. And the Celtics of the 60s. We're a super team, and, and the Lakers, uh, Kareem, Magic, and Worthy. The Bulls, Jordan, Rodman, and Pippen, super teams. Uh, you know, even the Spurs with, with Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, what LeBron sort of did was he didn't create the super team because they've always existed. He just sort of changed how it came together, or at least helped change how it came together when he went to Miami with Wade and Bosh, obviously. And, and then, you know, went to, to Cleveland. And, and I don't know if that team qualifies as a super team. I wouldn't put Kevin Love on that level. But nevertheless, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and then gets to, to L.A. And, and helps get Anthony Davis there. So he, he's sort of changed the way it's engineered a bit. But my question to those who, who think that's so much worse, like if you boil a hot dog or you microwave a hot dog, it's still a hot dog, right? Like why is the way it comes to be is one worse than the other? And even if you don't like player-formed super teams, if you will, that's no justification for leaving LeBron James off of a top 10 list. I mean, there, there's, you don't even have to be a fan of the guy. That's ridiculous. I, it's not a big deal. I'm not like upset about it. I, I, you can make jokes like maybe um, the, the doctor should be removed from, from Irving's title, Julius Irving's title. He's no longer a doctor anymore after that list, but I, I think that was more of a guy just repping his own era, and it, it ain't that serious. It just was sort of funny to see, and, and Dr. J's, you know, an all-time great in the game. You don't want to go too far in the other direction. I think one of the things we need to start doing is, is respecting era to era, 
Because, you know, I always say that this era would, would wipe the floor with the older eras. And maybe that, you know, that, that can be seen as disrespect, too. Um, the, the, the level of play right now is, is cartoonishly good. But these guys that, that are on Dr. J's list and other lists, like, they were great for their time period, too. And their impact shouldn't be lessened by what guys are doing now and vice versa. But when you, you have something as glaring as LeBron, not on your, your top two all-time NBA teams, it's going to create headlines. Because for, for most people, LeBron is top two. And to quote Drake, not two. Or to quote Jay-Z, LeBron could say, I'm supposed to be number one on everybody's list. Let's see what happens when I no longer exist. Either way, that was a fun little story. I, um, Dr. J probably, I don't know if he knew what was coming when, when he gave those lists off. I didn't know. I don't know if he was uh, quite ready for, for perhaps some of the feedback that those lists would get. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Of course, the NBA playoffs are creeping up on us, so we're going to talk a lot of hoops on this show in the coming months. But the NFL draft only happens once a year. I have that confirmed by a good source that the NFL draft only happens once a year. So aside from some of the stuff we've talked about surrounding Aaron Rodgers and the obvious, what are the the takeaways from the NFL draft thus far? We'll give you the positives and the negatives coming up next. It is the Robin Ludberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Robin Lundberg is on the air. You're welcome. Here's Robin Lundberg. And I'm joined now by Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports NFL writer. Of course, uh, something going on in the NFL right now, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, there's this thing called a draft, I guess. You know, day, day three, Robin, you know, in case you were under a bunker for the last 48 hours. Well, let's go with some of the, the later picks before we go back to the, the top of the, you know, the, the draft. I think that the notable ones people are talking about are always the quarterbacks, right? Uh, that that just comes with the territory. So Kyle Trask being drafted by Tampa. Um, of course, you also had Davis Mills going to Houston. And you had um, the, the pick by the, the Vikings, Mund, going to, to the Minnesota Vikings, Kellen Mund. Uh, any of those ones stand out to you in, in, in particular? Well, Kyle Trask and Davis Mills were the two. Well, when Davis Mills was picked, I was like, how many quarterbacks do the Texans have? I actually had to look it up because, I mean, you obviously have Deshaun Watson on your roster, and who knows if he's ever coming back. Uh, you have Tyrod Taylor, and, you know, I'm just looking at – I think they have five quarterbacks total on their roster, and obviously, Kel, uh, you know, Kelamon, but, you know, I'm sure – Kirk Cousins welcomed Christian Dershaw to the Vikings uh, on Twitter. I don't think he welcomed uh, Kellen Mond as potential replacement. Uh, same thing with Kyle Trask. I know Jason Litt said last night Tom Brady's not worried about competition, and he's right. Uh, you know, But the, the Bucks obviously have to prepare for the future in case Tom Brady ever decides, hey, look, I'm good. You know, I, I want a Super Bowl. Maybe I'll win another one. I, I, I'm good, guys. I, I did what I had to do. Well, and yeah, just I mean, simply age. I mean, it seems like the uh, uh, actually a perfect situation for that that actual quarterback to be groomed. It's almost like it's almost like the Jordan Love situation in Green Bay, except the 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 incumbent doesn't hate you. Yeah, exactly. I don't think Tom Brady's going to hate Kyle Trask. I actually think he'll work with him, and 
try to keep the Bucks franchise going as well as they can. Because look, you know, yeah, Tampa Bay is going to be older, no doubt. They have a lot of I don't want to say aging players, but players you know in their prime or about to exit their prime. But they're prime to win Super Bowls now. But you know, Kyle Trask he may lead that next era with the good players you still have. You know, I don't see Antonio Brown ever going anywhere else, and he should be good for another two or three years. When you know, when Kyle Trask takes over. Uh, Chris Godwin's going to be there a long time. Mike Evans is going to be there a long time, you know, et cetera. And their offensive line's pretty young. So, you know, I, I could see Tom Brady grooming this guy for, you know, to be his heir apparent whenever that may be. Now let's go back to the, the, the top of the draft. Uh, everybody was waiting for what the 49ers would do at number three. I, I find it kind of funny afterwards, like all the Mac Jones speculation, and, and then it was Trey Lance. I, I refuse to believe they didn't know who they were taking after they made that trade and had all this time where we, we all knew Trevor Lawrence was going one and Zach Wilson was going two. But do you think the 49ers made the right pick at three? Well, this is how I broke it down. I, I was the same way with you, Robin. Uh, I was telling people I would bet that my house that – the 49ers were not going to take Mac Jones. They just weren't going to do it. They, you know, when they traded up, they had an idea of who they were going to get. You know, I, I'm sure the – and look, I, I'll give John Lynch a lot of credit. He did admit to making the call about Aaron Rodgers because he, he's right, a former MVP, who would? But when they traded up, I thought they were initially trading up for Justin Fields. I thought he'd be a perfect fit for that offense, but I said, but Trey Lance would also work for them as well. And Trey Lance ended up being the guy they took. And I don't have a problem with Trey Lance at three – I just felt like they passed on a golden opportunity to add, in, at least in my opinion, the second-best quarterback in this draft in Justin Fields. But, but I digress. I think Trey Lance is going to be a fine player for them. I think he's going to be an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo in the role, in the long run. And ultimately, I kind of hope they start in week one because I feel like they're good enough of a team where he could be a game manager and eventually develop into a, a Pro Bowl quarterback down the line. Robin Lundberg talking to Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports NFL writer here on CBS Sports Radio. Now, when you refer to Fields as the second-best quarterback in the draft, uh, Lance went three, but Zach Wilson also went at number two. So does that mean you think the Jets made the, the wrong pick at, at two? I don't think the Jets made necessarily the wrong pick because I kind of like what they're doing around him. And, again, they're building an offense. They're doing the opposite of what they did with Sam Darnold. And, look, uh, when they drafted Darnold, I wasn't that high on him either. Like, I know everybody liked to point to the the, uh, the the 16 Rose Bowl and as a Penn State grad who was actually at that game. I'm like, yeah, he had a great game, but Penn State cornerbacks were playing 10, 15 yards off the ball, so he had all day to throw. And look at the guys he was throwing to, you know, Devante, uh, Deontay Burnett, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, et cetera. But I digress. But Zach Wilson, to me, I, I think it's more of I need to see more out of Zach Wilson. Uh, the only Zach Wilson game I – we watched last year was the Coastal Carolina game, and he played okay. Like I still think he's very raw. I, I see the, the potential. I see the upside in him. Uh, I really like his arm strength. But I, I think where he's going to be successful in New York is what they build around him, and they're doing a really good job at that on the offensive line with Elijah Vera Tucker getting him at 14, trading up to get him. I really like that pick. Their offensive line has been getting a lot better under Joe Douglas. Again, uh, I think Zach Wilson's success is going to be what they build around him and allow them to maximize the, the, the clear talent he does have. I just th- think Justin Fields is a little better than him. Well, to Justin Fields, how do you like the fit in Chicago? Well, I mean, Chicago can't get any worse, right? I mean, they have Andy Dalton. They have Nick Foles. Uh, you know, Justin Fields is a clear upgrade over them. You know, I, I actually was laughing at the Bears when they had the QB1 uh, Twitter post for Andy Dalton. I'm like, oh, wait, now they got Justin Fields who – Obviously, to start day one, I already made the. I don't even consider this a bold prediction. Justin Fields is going to be the first thirty touchdown passing quarterback ever in the 
history of the Chicago Bears. So, uh, you know, the, I'm not really going out of stretch here. But what, what I like about Justin Fields is the ability to run on the move, which like, Mitchell Trubisky had, but I, I don't think he was a, as dynamic of a runner. I feel like uh, Matt Nagy and um, – you know, I'm, I'm already losing track of their offensive coordinator. It's been a long week. But I'm, uh, I, I feel like what they're going to do is they are going to maximize Fields' strength that Ohio State didn't use, and that's his running ability, and allow him to get outside the pocket and throw the ball downfield to guys like Allen Robinson, guys like uh, Darnell Mooney. Justin Fields to Darnell Mooney, I'm already looking forward to. you got Dave Montgomery there. You have to build up that offensive line a bit to make sure the kid's protected. But I'll tell you what, I, I think the Bears' offense went from – I want to say a bottom five unit to a middle of the pack unit. That's how much of an impact I think Justin Fields is going to make in year one for them. All right, let's go outside of the quarterback position. Was there a particular team or a particular pick that you were really impressed with? Uh, you know, the, the Jets with Elijah Vera Tucker, I really liked. Um, I do like the Vikings draft in uh, Christian Darisol, uh, especially where they got him. Um, Quiddy Page of the Colts I really liked, too, uh, at 21. I felt that was fair value for him. Um, I was a big fan of the Eagles getting Devonta Smith. I thought that was a really good pick. Dolphins getting Jalen Waddle, pairing him with Tua. I, I love the whole quarterback uh, wide receiver thing. Let's reunite everybody. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Trevor Lawrence with, with uh, Travis Etienne. Um, obviously, he's running back at Clemson. Um, you know, Tua with Jalen Waddle, uh, Jalen Hurts with Devonta Smith. It seemed like that was a common theme this year. Um, one pick I really liked too was uh, Elijah Moore going to the Jets. Uh, I, I really, I think the Jets. Had a really good first three picks here. You know, Zach Wilson was their guy. That's completely fine. I, I, you know, I don't know if it was a full mistake passing on fields. Again, it depends on the system. But when you get Elijah Vera Tucker and you get Elijah Moore early in the second round, I think it's a pretty good draft. So I was pretty impressed with what the Jets did. The New York Jets fans out there, including the producer of the show, Anthony Pierno, happy to, to hear that. That's uh, <laughs> funny to, um, you know, the, the receiver and uh, quarterback reunions that you mentioned, but when it comes to the, the pass catchers, it wasn't a receiver who, who's taken first. It was uh, Kyle Pitts. And, and I always struggle with the designation tight end right now, right? Cause he's really large wide receiver. <laughs> Do you think he was the, the best player as so many people um, put it in, in the draft outside of the, of the quarterbacks? I was one of these people where if I did like a board and again, I, I never consider myself a draft expert, but if I did a board of best players in the draft, I think I'd go Trevor Lawrence 1, Kyle Pitts 2. That's how highly I thought of Kyle Pitts. And, and uh, I'm like you, Robin. I, I don't think he was, a tight, uh, he was a tight end. You could play him at the X. You could play him at the Z. You could play him at tight end. Uh, he's going to be a matchup nightmare for years. If there's a guy that you would say, okay, this, this could be the 10-time pro bowler in this draft class, it's probably going to end up being Kyle Pitts. You can't answer a better situation. Kyle Pitts, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley – uh, with Matt Ryan, it, it's that offense is going to be really fun to watch. And I don't blame the Falcons for not trading out of four or draft to the quarterback. Look, they had a gold mine there. Why pass on this guy? He's the, he was the best player in the draft. Just go for it. Jeff, appreciate your time and, and insight this morning, man. Enjoy the, the rest of the, the draft and the rest of your weekend. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, Robin. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show on CBS Sports Radio. Da-da-da-da-da. It's The Robin Lundberg Show. 
here on CBS Sports Radio. Taking you into your weekend, I suppose. Driving you through the beginning of your weekend, whatever you're doing on a Saturday morning. I'm always curious what you guys are up to. You can always let me know when you call in at 855-212-4227 on your way to work, on your way to the supermarket, on your way to whatever. You know, I, I was hearing um, Sal Licata was on before me, and I, I know Sal, we used to work together um, at SNY in, in New York, and he just had a kid. Congratulations to Sal and, and his wife and his family. His first, and I was hearing him talk about, you know, life with a baby and how it's never going to be the same or whatnot. I got three now, right? Like, and you know what becomes a, um, I know it's the type of thing people would do on a Saturday morning, but like one of the great pleasures in life, you know what I like to do? Like go to Target. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm looking for excuses to run errands. Hey, uh, we need, we need something. Uh, <laughs> I can get in the car, bump some music by myself, you know, be, be out there for you know, like a half hour or whatever and come back. Uh, that, that's, that's a nice, respite i never knew i never thought that would be one of the great pleasures in life but you, you guys see anything from the grocery store from target something you know you, i enjoy that and i don't even have kids <laughs> yeah. well trust me it's it's, a, it's, it's i love better. it i love going to target or any just shop going around shopping it's very relaxing yeah I, I guess you know what it does it does it take your focus on i guess when you're driving you're focused on the road and then when you're at the store you're like looking around and you're still so you're not in your own head at all uh, uh, in those situations, either, but maybe I'm, I'm manifesting too much of my own personal life of being trapped inside my own head. I can, I can leave <laughs> that for, for my therapist. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. If you want to weigh in on anything before I, I hand it off, but first, let's get to the topics I haven't covered as of yet in another one. It's time for another edition of Another One on the Robin Lundberg Show. The rumors, reports, and ridiculous from the week that was. Here's Robin Lundberg. What's up first, Andrew? Oh, we're going to go NBA today. A lot of uh, NBA talk. So uh, Russell Westbrook, he registered his 30th triple-double of the season in Wednesday night's victory over the Lakers. So Westbrook now... Five triple-doubles away from Oscar Robertson's NBA record. After the game on Wednesday, LeBron shared a message on Instagram, and the caption was below a picture of both him and Westbrook. LeBron said, We know you all hate and don't appreciate, but we just laugh it off. But one thing you will do is respect it us. So does Russell Westbrook get the respect he deserves, Robin? Uh, You know, here's the problem with this like there are legitimate flaws in Westbrook's game that maybe you could point out and say yeah they've limited his teams or his success in certain moments you know his ability to shoot the ball for instance especially you know in in recent stages of his career you could play off he, he sometimes gets a little bit too uh hyperactive down the stretch of games doesn't necessarily make the best decisions stuff like that at the same time he's also you know, a, a Hall of Fame level player who who does stuff that is, is you know, just awe-inspiring to see, grabbing the ball uh, off the rim, taking it down the length of the floor, you know, in, in, in a blur. I, the problem is the, to, to be quite frank, I think the, the news cycle, you know, social media and the 24-7 news cycles, so we're constantly talking about these guys all the time. People are all having an opinion. And that leads to just nitpicking or, or unfair criticism. I, I, I think Westbrook lands somewhere where, yeah, I think he's limited in, in specific situations. I don't think 
he could be the best player on, on a championship team necessarily. And, and and I think there's been times where he's hurt his teams down the stretch of games. At the same time, that doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater because you are talking about someone who did something that felt like a myth. When Oscar Robertson averaged a triple-double, I grew up hearing that stat. It was like a myth. And Westbrook does it routinely right now. And, and for, for people to, to go too far to the other extreme, I, I think is kind of what LeBron was, was getting at. And, and I do think that's a function sometimes of how many people have an opinion and how often they have said opinion. What's next? Another one. So Steve Kerr is frustrated by the lack of fundamentals in today's NBA following a loss to Minnesota where Golden State got crushed on the boards. Kerr vented to reporters about the lack of boxing out by modern players. Kerr said, this is the modern NBA. Guys don't box out. It's just the way it is. Every night on League Pass, I see the same thing. Players let guys come in from the weak side, and they think, I'll just get the rebound. It's a disease that's rampant in the NBA. The problem is, if you're a real small team like us, then it's going to hurt you more than it will hurt other teams. So are there a lack of fundamentals in the NBA, and is this a problem for the game overall? Look, I mean, I think there's there's things that change and evolve, and, and some of it uh, leaves lacking areas. Um, you know, they, they weren't pulling up for three back in the day the way they are now. Uh, and the mid-range game was probably more important. And you still see teams, you know, the mid-range game could be uh, a huge weapon because it's where guys want you to shoot and it makes you guard at three levels. I saw Steve Nash talk about this the other day. You know, he'd actually want the Nets to take more threes, but their guys are so good for mid-range, it makes them tough to guard because Irving and Durant especially are, are, are lethal from from the mid-range as well as being able to stretch you to the three-point line and score near the rim, you know, at all three levels, as he mentioned. I think the boxing out criticism specifically is part of rebounding has been de-emphasized. Rebounding has been de-emphasized. The teams that rebound the best, that has not been linked to winning. Uh, you know, offensive rebounding is, is not even something a lot of guys try to do as much. That run back on defense is seen as more valuable. Um, rebounding, you can rebound when you're small, in a sense, because the, the, the long rebound is, is such a big thing now. Because so many three-point shots are being taken, it's longer rebounds. So quickness is a part of rebounding, not just... Uh, strength or, 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 or size all these things factor in I understand what Steve Kerr is saying I'm sure he's right I mean, he, I mean he, he's seen it you know both as a player and as a coach but I, I think part of the, the rebounding box out specific complaint is when something is de-emphasized by teams by the league as a whole of course players aren't going to focus on it quite as much and, and therefore you might see that particular skill set or that particular fundamental erode over time if it's being de-emphasized What's next? Another one. So Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, he spoke to The Athletic this week, and he said that a lot of star players are interested in joining Luka in Dallas. Cuban also addressed the relationship between Doncic and Kristaps uh, Porzingis it has, uh, because it's been rumored that the, the two do not get along. So while Cuban said he was not surprised by the scrutiny, he didn't exactly go out of his way to deny that the two aren't the biggest fans of each other, describing them as having a good, solid business relationship. Robin, should Mavericks fans be worried about the Doncic and Porzingis relationship? No, they should be worried about Porzingis' relationship with being able to stay on the court. <laughs> I, I, I think 
that, that I don't whether those two get along, they'll figure that out like to a degree. They don't even have to get. We've seen guys not get along and, and play well together. I think Porzingis has to be able to play and, and be out there for more than you know a game or two at a time. Uh, you know, and and then even when he comes back, he's he's working his way into shape, so he's not playing at his highest level. And I, I, I when's the last time he played an extended stretch of games? I, I can't. So to me, their their personal relationship is far secondary to his his uh, status in the lineup. You know, they be, need to worry about Kristaps Porzingis' uh, relationship with an MRI machine more than his relationship with, with Luka Doncic. I'm surprised that Cuban would go out and say that. I, I don't really know the, the benefit to it. He did compare it to um, uh, when Jason Terry joined and Dirk Nowitzki was there. He said those guys didn't really like each other at first either. And we all saw how that turned out and how that panned out. But, yeah, I think that the biggest issue with Porzingis is his durability and his health. Uh, something Knicks fans, I'm sure, would be quick to point out at this point in time when it seemed like that was a completely lopsided trade. And now at least there's some justification for for not being fully committed to Kristaps Porzingis. If Porzingis is on the court um, and, and, and able to stay out on the court, I think, you know, they have a chance to have a, a solid thing there. There are some limitations to KP defensively. I think that's partially due to his injuries moving in space. But he still provides an element that, that makes it a little bit more dangerous. And I think he and Doncic would figure out any of their, their issues uh, in that regard. But I, I think all that is secondary to, to his, his status. What's next? Another one. Uh, so Floyd Mayweather, the Logan Paul fight rescheduled for June 6th at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. You going to watch this fight? Probably. I, I mean, I probably am. I, I could say no because it's a joke, but I will be interested in the circus um, that is that fight. I, I I have no idea how that came to be. I Logan Paul has one. He's not even Jake Paul. It'd be one thing if it was Jake Paul. Logan Paul uh, is he's had one fight against another YouTuber, and he lost that fight. And Floyd Mayweather is. You know, arguably the greatest boxer of all time. I mean, the, look, the Mayweather McGregor fight was a joke to a, an extent because there was no chance McGregor was going to win that fight. But McGregor is a a fully qualified combatant, right? You know, he has an MMA pedigree. It, it, it wasn't embarrassing in that sense. It's just he had no chance against you know a boxer the caliber of Floyd. And Floyd has beaten Miguel Cotto, Oscar De La Hoya, Manny Pacquiao, Shane Mosley. Uh, Jose Luis Castillo, Canelo Alvarez, all throughout his career. I mean, this guy's – but Logan Paul? <laughs> I, I, I want to see what it looks like. I, I, don't, I don't understand why. So I, I will watch it in that sense. But, yes, it's a complete joke. What's next? Another and one. Finally, we've talked about DJ Khaled uh, a bunch here this morning. Of course, uh, Jay-Z, Nas collaborating for the first time in years on uh, his new song, so, what is the biggest hip hop collaboration of all time? You know, last week we uh, we we talked about Redman and Method Man and the Rock Wilder, which uh, was was just definitely up there, I would say. But uh, I don't think the greatest. So, in your opinion, the the biggest hip hop collaboration of all time? Mm, the best hip hop collaboration of all time. Ooh, that's tough. Um, watch the throne. Is I would say as as um, as a project, Jay Z and, and Kanye West watch the throne as, as a project. 
Uh, outside of that, maybe like nothing but a G thing. You know, Dr. Dre introducing the world to, to Snoop Dogg. I mean, there, there's some other really good ones throughout the years, of course. Brooklyn's Finest or I Love the Dough, Biggie and, 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 and Jay-Z. Uh, you've had uh, Nicki Minaj on Monster was sort of the verse that introduced her to the world. Um, Tupac and Dre, California Love. I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of these off the, the top of my head. Again, Dre and Snoop, it's still DRE. That's Eminem and Dre. Eminem and Dre. Uh, I don't know if... Any or have any of the Eminem forgot about Dre was was a really good one um, from from their collaborations. There's Eminem and Jay Z Renegade, but I'd say as a project, it's probably Watch the Throne, and as a event, it's probably Dr. Dre introducing Snoop Dogg. This has been the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Back with you next Saturday, as I always am, six to ten a.m. Eastern here on Saturday mornings. Ken Carmen, got you next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.